I just pray and ask that you um, prepare our bellies. And yeah, I just pray and ask that um, whatever he speaks just comes straight out of your mouth into his. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, Jay. Oh, there it is. Man, what an amazing morning. Can I just say, if you think you've come here to fill a seat, you're not filling a seat. God's got something else planned this morning, and it's going to be amazing. There's going to be chains broken. People are going to be set free. And I'm declaring that in Jesus' name because it's going to happen this morning. But I got a joke. Whoa. 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 Here we go. He's ready? <laughs> so, who knew that there's a new store open in Papakura? It's called the Husband's Store. It's called the Husband's Store. So, here we go. Where a man may, or where a woman may go to choose a husband. Among the instructions at the entrance is a description of how the store operates. You may visit the store only once. Once, there are six floors, and the value of the products increase as the shopper ascends the flights. So that's going up. The shopper may choose any item from a particular floor or may choose to go up to the next floor. So you can only pick on that floor or go up. You can't choose back down. But you cannot go back down except when you're exiting the building. So a woman goes into the husband's store to find a husband. On the first floor, floor one, these men have jobs. Hey, come on. These men have jobs. See, she's intrigued but continues to the second floor where the sign reads, floor two, these men have jobs and love kids. Oh, That's nice, she thinks, but I want more. So she continues upward. The third floor sign reads, floor three. These men have jobs, love kids, and are drop-dead good-looking. Come on. Woo! Look at The women are smiling. Hey, I can see I'm going to this store. Wow, she thinks. But feels compelled to go up. She goes to floor four. These men have jobs, love kids, a drop dead good looking, and help with housework. <laughs> oh, mercy me, she claims. But she still wants to go up. So she goes to floor five. These men have jobs, love kids, are drop-dead gorgeous, help with housework, and have a strong romantic streak. <laughs> She's so tempted to stay, but she goes to the sixth floor, where the sign reads, Floor 6, you are a visitor 31,456,001 to this floor. There are no men on this floor. This floor exists solely 
as proof that women are impossible to please. Thank you for shopping at the husband's store. But hold on, hold on. The owners felt, you know, this could get a bit, just something wrong here. The, the owners felt that the men or gender bases may, people may go, oh, this is gender. No, nah, I think that store should close. So the store owners opened up a new wife's store next door. So just across the street, there was the new wife's store. The first floor. Hold on, wait there. Kids, please close your ears. Just making sure. Actually, if you're under 16, please close your ears. <laughs> this floor has wives that liked naughty time. Naughty time. The second floor, so he, this guy just goes, you know what, that's okay, but I'm going up to the second floor. So the second floor has, these wives love naughty time and have money. Floor three, four, five, and six have never been visited. <laughs> there you go, that, that was worth the joke, wasn't it? Come on. Man, our God's a joyful God. So yeah, <laughs> whoo, what a good joke. Okay, this morning, <laughs> oh man, I got to concentrate. Okay, this morning I'm going to be speaking about a relentless love, our God's relentless love. Throughout the Bible, it shows God's love never failing. Throughout the Bible, it shows God's love never keeping a record of wrong. For example, so at the start of the Bible, you know, the Israelites, they would, they would cry out to God. They would ask Him for their help, and God will help them. God will save them. He'll take them to another place. And yet then the Israelites would start falling into worshiping false idols, falling into sinning. And then they felt, you know what, I don't want this anymore, so I'm going to cry out to God again. So they cry out to God, and He came back again. He came back. He saved them. He pulled them out from that slavery, but He didn't focus on what they had done. He wasn't like, I'm not going to save you unless you stop doing this. I'm not going to save you unless you, unless you start saying that you're going to worship me and only me. Nah, God always showed up without that thought and said, I love you enough that I'm going to save you every single time. Throughout the Bible, if you read it, it shows God love coming to the rescue all the time. God over them all the time. What is love? What does it mean? Can I get some? Throw them out. What do you think love means? Sorry, what was that? Patient, joy, acceptance, unconditional, forgiveness, gentle, God. That's a good one. This is what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians verse 13, or chapter 13, verse 4 to 7. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. 
Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. That's, that's true love. Love is a broad subject. So I won't be able to cover all, but the one thing that I want to cover is that God loves you. And what it says here, he's done that all for us. In 1 Corinthians 13, he's kind. He doesn't keep a record of wrong. That's a big one. He doesn't keep a record of wrong. When we hear so often that, well, I've struggled with this, maybe me. When I hear it too much, if I hear something too much, I become numb to that word. So it's like, I don't actually feel it. I don't actually, it's like, it's nothing to me. It's like, someone will come up to me and say, God loves you. I'll just go, thanks. And then I carry on because I become numb to the word. But this morning I feel God wants to break that and he wants you to know he loves you. He died for you. He set you free. God loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. So this morning, God wants to release that when we're not becoming numb to the word love, that actually we feel his love, that we encounter his love, that we know his love, and it becomes so contagious that it just runs through us. So this morning, we're breaking that word numb. For me, for anyone else who feels this word, God loves me, and become numb to it, we break it in Jesus' name. Here's some, here's some great stories. Luke 15, verse 1 to 7. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, and the Pharisees and scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when when he when he come home, when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, "Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost." Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous person who has no repentance. Come on, how big is that? When we look at this love that God shows here, it is a love that would climb every mountain. It's a love that would walk through fire. It's a love that would lift every rock. And there's a lot of rocks in this world that will lift every rock until he finds you. You're here for a purpose and a reason this morning. And God's telling you, I'll climb every mountain. I'll walk through every fire. I'll, cl- I'll lift every rock until I find you. That's what God wants you to know this morning. It's a love that will never give up on us. No matter what we've done, it will never give up on us. Those words, until he finds you, until he finds it. That means he's not going to stop until he finds you. Once he gets you, that's when he stops. 
I've got a little story. So for me, I ran away from God a lot. I would, I ran, a, I ran away. I was stealing. I was breaking into homes. I was, addic- I was doing drugs. I abused alcohol. I did all these things, but God still came and found me. It's like a game of hide and seek that we can't win. Literally, no matter how much you hide, He will always find you. He will always chase you. You can hide in the cupboard. You can hide on the end of the world, but God will still find you. It's a love that's not going to let you go. And I want you to know that this morning, that God's got this love for you that He'll never let you go. And then there's another, in the same In the same chapter, there's another, I love this. This is like something that hits hits me at home. Just the way the father accepts the son. So a lot of people call it the prodigal son, but I call it the loving father. So Luke 15, verse 11 to 32. And he said, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me my share of the property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into the country. And there he, he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in the country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of the country who set him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was long to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate. No one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and, and ran to him and put, the, and put the ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate for my son was dead. And is alive again. He was lost and found, and they began to celebrate. Now, his older son in the field. And as he came in, drew near to the house, he heard music, dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked, What, what, the, what do these things mean? And he said to him, Your brother has come. Your father has killed a fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entered and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I, have diso- and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who, was devoured, who devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me 
and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and found. Oh, man. It's just the way he shows his love in that moment is so amazing. Can I just get us to try something different? So we're actually going to give God a big 10-second praise. So on three, we're just going to praise God. You know, it's like, whoa, in the middle of this? Yeah, we're going to praise God because in that scripture, his love didn't care about what the son did. It didn't care about anything else, but he just loved the son. So we're going to do 10 seconds of praise on, on three. One, two, three. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on, his love didn't leave us. It never forsaken us. Come on, we can do better than that. You are good, Jesus. <laughs> Man, just his love in that scripture is awesome. We got this picture. You know, the, the, the son could have done this, could have tried to do this. So you can't see the bottom, but what it says is how you look trying to hide your sin from God. You can't hide anything from God. He knows it all. That was for free anyway. But what we're focusing on is is how God showed his love through the Scripture. I love the image of the father running to the son. He didn't stand there and go, Taos, grab my bat off the dressing table. Oh, I got some good jandals. This boy's going to get it today. Oh, he's returning. I'm going to wait here. And, and you know when you do something bad and then you see your dad and he's just standing there like this. And you're just like, this is going to be the longest walk ever. And he's just standing there. But he didn't, God didn't, the father didn't do that. What he did was he saw him. He felt compassion. So he ran to the son. He didn't let the son come to him. Nah, he ran to the son and embraced him. He embraced him with his love where it wasn't just like this. Oh, come here, hug, slap. Nah, it was a hug. And then all he said was to the servants was, grab me the robe. Grab me the family ring. Grab me sandals that we can put on his feet. And, and let's just celebrate tonight because my son was dead, but he is alive this morning. And then God saying that this morning is that he loves you. He'll chase you. He'll come running to you no matter what you've done. God will cover it. The robe, the meaning of the robe is God's righteousness. God's righteousness. He's covering us with his righteousness when we receive that robe. When he gives us the ring, it's sonship. Because the son said, oh, I'd rather be a slave. But the father gave him the ring and said, nah, you're my son. And that's what he's saying this morning. We're not a slave to us and we're not a slave to these things. But he's giving us the ring and saying, we are his sons. We are his daughters this morning. Sandals are the shoes for his destiny, where he's going to be walking now, where he's going to go. And I, oh, I had heaps of struggles when I was walking with, when I'm still, I do. 
But I remember this one. So it was the, one of the many times I gave my heart to God. Many times. But this is, this is one that really changed. So there I was. There I was in Raro. Just, you know, I don't know why I was there. But God knew why I was there. So I was in Rara, and then I had this amazing encounter with God. I caught towels up that night, and she was sleeping. I'm just like, man, I'm going to just tell you what happened. I experienced God. I felt his love. I felt all this thing, all these things. I'm a new creation in Christ. And she's like, oh, this is awesome. I've been praying for that. And I'm just like, oh, I, I can't explain it. And then I just told her, I don't want to do the same thing anymore. I don't want to go around in a circle. I don't want to carry on drinking. I don't want to carry on doing drugs. I want to change. I will know that there's something more out there for me. And God said, there is. So there I was, flying back to New Zealand. Flying back to New Zealand. Had no problem. Can you play this song? Cool. So, so we had no problem. So I was flying back to New Zealand. And then Paul goes, remember, you're a new creation. I was like, Yes, I'm a new creation. So there I was, just walking through, going through the airport, had my bag, and just, I'm a new creation. Nothing's stopping me this morning. So there I am in the airport, then going on the plane. I'm a new creation. Then I was in the Auckland airport. I'm a new creation. You can't stop me today, say. There's no way you can stop me today. In the car with my wife, just telling her, and like, you can't stop me. And boom, I'm a new creation. Getting home, telling my family about this experience. And there we were, telling my family about this experience, this encounter I had, about, man, I had this amazing moment with God, and I'm not going to carry on doing the same thing. And then I just said, I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. I woke up the next morning and I was hungover. There I was. I was, I was hungover. And I just woke up and I just felt bad. I was just like, man, what happened? I had no idea what happened at that moment. But I came to church and I was driving and I was just sleeping in the car. And, and Tails was driving. I was just like, oh, man, I've done it again. Lord, why didn't you just, why, why would you say you love me yet? I carry on doing dumb, dumb things. I carry on swearing. I carry on drinking. I'm doing all these dumb things, but I didn't hear God at that moment. So I was just like, man, I'll come into the service. So I came into the service, and for some reason we sat up front. I don't know why. We sat up front, and then I'm hungover, falling asleep. And I look, and I'm just like, God, you know what? Save the hassle. Don't come after me anymore. Don't worry about me. And all, all I felt was this. Be quiet. I love you. In that moment, my heart melted. I was just like, but I'm doing this. And he's like, just shh. I love you. And at that moment, I felt the robe come over me. I felt a ring on my finger and sandals on my feet. And he's like, it's going to be okay. We're going to work on this together. Don't try it your way again, but let's try it my way. Follow me. And I just, I just broke down. I just cried. You know, it's, and I was just like, God, you're so good. You're so faithful. And this morning, he wants to do that. You know, I don't know what you've come in here with. I don't know what you're walking in here with or how your week was. 
but God does. And he wants to cover that this morning. He wants you to know his love this morning. In both the parables, you never heard the shepherd or the father talk about the sin they, that, the, that the son committed or that the sheep running off was a stupid decision. You never heard them say that once. But instead, they embraced them every single time. I'm just saying, there's going to be people who walk in here and we don't, we need to not say what they're doing is bad. What you're doing is bad, you need to stop. Instead, let's just love them. You know, and let's see what God does through that. Because it's not us that can stop them from sinning. It's only God. And in God's time, He will reveal to them, what you're doing is bad, but we can work on this together. Why don't you find someone who can find, help you be held accountable so that you can walk through this together? As Christians, I think we need to be open because there's going to be some people that walk in here that have done some real bad things. Bad, but God told us to love all. Jesus died on the cross for all sins. So we may have a, mur a murderer walk in. <laughs> there's someone walking in. It's not you, Kev. <laughs> it's not you, Kev. <laughs> I could just see his shadow. <laughs> like a, a murderer might walk in. A child molester might walk in here. What are you going to do? Are you going to love them or are you going to judge them? God hasn't called us to judge. He's called us to love. Man, that was a rock. That was good. But he's called us to love all. His death on the cross wasn't just... For those that stole cars or those that did drugs or drunk, it was for all sins. Just this one, a little bit extra. Sin is sin. The world says murder is bad. Stealing a pencil is okay. But sin is sin. So murder, stealing a pencil, same thing, still bad. Sin is sin. <laughs> nah, I might hide behind that tree. Nah, I don't think so. But, Hey, do you remember Nancy's word a couple of weeks ago? <laughs> but so if we see people on the street and they say, like all friends, and they say, man, I'm going to start coming to church when I get myself right. When I stop doing some silly things, when I stop doing this, I'll start coming to church. And I stand there and think to myself, I'm like, by the time that happens, Jesus may have already returned. So we need to tell them, you come as you are. With every bad thing, with every good thing, come as you are and watch God, what God does through that. The greatest, 
the greatest way God showed his love was sending his son to die for us. At the time, I didn't know him. But he still sent his son to die for me, to die for you. John 3, verse 16 to 7. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish. For God sent the son not to judge the world, but to save it through him. Man. God's doing something. That on the cross where he died was something big. But when he rose from the grave was victory. His victory. So our sin is in there, but God left it there. Jesus, when he rose from the grave, it's still there, but he's not. Because he's won the victory and he's saying, I love you this morning. So, Jesus dying on the cross was the greatest show that God could give us of his love. We didn't know him. We were still walking in sin. But that, what Jesus did there, set us free. It set us free from our sin. It set us free from disappointment. It set us free from addictions. It set us free from depression. It set us free from everything that we struggle with. His death on the cross set us free. Jay, can I get you on the drums for a second? We're going to do something. Like I said, you're not just sitting here to fill a seat. And I'm really feeling God pushing this, so hopefully I sing right. But we're all going to be singing. So God wants to set us free this morning from depression. God wants to set us free this morning from disappointment. God wants to set us free this morning from brokenness. God wants to set us free this morning from loneliness. God wants to set us free from addictions. God wants to set us free from mental illness. There is no chain His love can't break. Can you do that um, little war beat that you do? So like I said, there's no chain His love can't break. Can we all stand to His feet? Oh, stand to our feet. Stand to His feet, sorry. You've walked in here with something. And this morning, God wants to break it. You don't have to stand behind your seat. If you want to move, we're going to be free. So think of that thing you're struggling with. This morning, God's breaking depression. God's breaking hopelessness. God's breaking loneliness. And this morning, there is no chain. His love can't break. So what we're all going to be saying and chanting is, there is. chain his love can't break we believe that this morning there is no chain his love can't break come on if you if you believe that if you're going to declare that start saying it this morning we're going to sing it here we go no chain his love can't break So this morning, if you're struggling with depression, I want you to raise your hand. If you're struggling with loneliness, raise your hand. Keep singing it because God's going to break it this morning. 
And if you make what you bring to light is broken. So God wants to heal that this morning. So if you're struggling with loneliness, hopelessness, brokenness, God wants to break that this morning. So keep going. Keep going. We're going to push through. Last one. Yeah. We believe that this morning, Lord, that there's nothing that your love can't break. Father, there's no chain that can hold us back. Father, there's no prison door that can keep us locked in this morning because your love is great. Your love is mighty. Your love never fails. Your love never leaves us nor forsakes us. This morning, we're going to declare the chains are broken. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's give him a 10-second praise. Let's give him a 10-second praise. <laughs> there we go. Come on. Keep going. He's good. He's mighty. <laughs> Jesus, you're good. Is Pete or John in here? Okay. I'll get Jay. Can you play um the last song we sang this morning? Just on keys. If I can get Taz or Talia up on the mic, please. Shot Talia. So let's let's stay in this place of God's love, of who He is. If I really believe in my heart that God wants to break these things this morning, but there's something we have to do. We have to step out. We got to step out and God wants to break these things. So if you, sh if you struggle with that you've been hurt by someone, like Tasha said, your father or another one, your ex-partner, I want you to come up front. And God wants to release you from this feeling this morning. The feeling of brokenness, of loneliness. He wants to set you free from that. So if that's you, where your dad didn't treat you right and you're still struggling with that, or your ex-partner or ex-husband may have hurt you, Come up, and we're going to declare a breaking and a setting free in Jesus' name. Um, I just, um, the Lord just, I was molested as a child, and what it did is it built walls around my heart because I didn't trust anyone. And um, when it, I was starting to, and so, and then I just allowed myself to get rejected all the time because I want to let people in. And then when it came to a point where the Lord wanted me to enter a relationship with Robert, I actually cried for two days because I had to break the walls to allow someone to trust someone again. 
And it's like the Lord's saying that there's walls around people's heart because they don't trust Him. And we have to break the wall in order to be able to trust Him. And so the Lord wants to break the walls around our hearts in order for us to allow Him to love us. Lee, can you stay there, please? So if you suffered from the same thing and you want it to be broken, and we'll get Lee to pray for you and declare that it's gone in Jesus' name. It's going to be a process. It's not something that happens straight away. But if that's you, come see Leanne. Also, I feel God calling us, calling, calling you someone back. You're fighting this battle of living on the earth side and living God's side. So you're in a struggle in the middle. And God's saying, it's time to come back. I've got you. I'm your foundation. I'm your fortress. You can trust me. So if you're fighting this battle of living in the earthly way and and God's way, can you come over here? And we're we're just going to pray for you because God still loves you no matter where you've walked. As we read of the loving Father, He comes running to you. So if that's you, Or even just raise your hand if it's easier. And maybe you're stuck on this. You've never given your heart to God because you've been afraid or you're fearful that something might not go right. If this morning you're, if you want to give your heart to God, I'd love to pray with you and introduce you to this amazing God, this loving Father that never leaves you nor forsakes you. So there's going to be people up front. Um, some of the leaders will be up front. You know, come see us if you're shy. But what you bring into the light, it's gone. The darkness has no stronghold on you. So we're going to sing this song just before we go off in fellowship in the kitchen. God just wants to let you know He loves you so much. He'll climb every mountain. He'll lift every rock. He'll find you even though you hide. So we're going to sing this song one more time of how He loves us, of His great love. And there will be leaders up front if you want to get prayer or talk with them. It's free.
Father, we thank you for your never-failing love. We thank you for your love that keeps no record of wrong. We thank you for your love that chases us, Lord. Father, we thank you for your love that runs to us and embraces us. Lord, we thank you for your love that clothes us in your goodness, Father, that clothes us in your sonship, Father, that gives us hope, Father. We thank you for your love. Lord, we thank you that you're a good God a faithful God. And this morning we declare chains are broken. We declare chains are broken this morning because of your love, because of your sacrifice on the cross. It's the cross that set us free this morning, Jesus. We don't want to leave here the way we walked in this morning. Lord, this morning, as we leave here, we want to share about who you are, your great love. Your loving kindness, your love is like no other, Jesus. Father, we just thank you this morning. In Jesus' name, we all said. Let's give him a 10 seconds of praise, eh? Come on. He's good. Thank you, Jesus.